This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.08 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. It is time for Popit Popit Parliament where we bring you updates from the morning session of the Day One Rakyat. First up, a question on expediting the entry of foreign workers. Minister of Human Resources V.C. Vakuma went through a new plan uh, that was launched last month that makes it easier to hire foreign workers in five critical sectors. Kerajaan Malaysia telah melaksanakan plan kelonggaran pengajian pekerja asing bagi mempercepatkan proses kelulusan permohonan kuota pekerja asing serta meluluskan penggajian pekerja asing bermula pada 17 Januari 2023 sehingga 31 Mac 2023 bagi sektor-sektor kritikal seperti berikut. Pertama, pembuatan. Yang kedua, pembinaan. Yang ketiga, perladangan. Yang keempat, pertanian dan yang kelima perkhidmatan tetapi hanya untuk subsektor restoran sahaja. Di bawah plan kelonggaran pengajian pekerja asing, majikan-majikan yang memerlukan pekerja asing dibenarkan untuk menggajikan pekerja asing dari 15 negara sumber tanpa melalui prasyarat kelayakan pengajian dan kelayakan kuota yang dikenakan sebelum ini. Termasuk pengecualian proses temuduga oleh agensi kawal selia AKS. Di samping itu, pengiklanan kekosongan jawatan di portal My Future Jobs juga telah dikecualikan berkuatkuasa serta-merta. Kementerian Sumber Manusia akan memproses dan memberi kelulusan permohonan pengajian pekerja asing dalam tempoh tiga hari bekerja daripada tarikh permohonan diterima. Dengan pelaksanaan pelan kelonggaran pengajian pekerja asing ini, kerajaan menjangkakan masalah kekurangan pekerja asing akan dapat diatasi dalam tempoh tiga bulan. Sekian terima kasih. That was Minister of Human Resources, V. Sivakumar. So as you heard, the ministry hopes to overcome the labour shortages within three months. However, the plan only covers five sectors, manufacturing, construction, plantations, agriculture and services that only includes restaurants. Uh, Bagan, MP, uh, Bagan MP Lim Guan Eng did ask whether this could be extended to the tourism and hospitality sector, to which the minister replied that they'd be willing to look into it. Next, an interesting exchange about social re-engineering as a way to reduce the cost of living and mitigate post-COVID impact. Sibu MP Oscar Ling brought up the need to entice more youth to return to live and work in their hometown. Um, here's Oscar's question, followed by the response of Deputy PM and Minister of Rural and Regional Development, Datuk Sri Dr. Ahmad Zaid Hamidi. Sekarang kita memang tengok satu fenomena iaitu kebanyakan belia di kawasan desa luar bandar berhijrah ke bandar. Dan untuk mengurangkan kesesakan di kawasan bandar dan sekarang kita tengok banyak traffic chain di bandar raya KL. Untuk social re-engineering, saya rasa kita harus ada dasar untuk mengarak belia kita berhijrah balik ke kampung. Dan kementerian mesti ada satu usaha untuk membantu mereka boleh ekonomi, perancangan ekonomi untuk mereka 
untuk menambah ekonomi mereka juga boleh di kawasan pedalaman. Dan untuk ini saya rasa kerajaan juga ada mesti ada insentif pengalakan untuk mereka balik ke kampung seperti kemas besi percuma dan juga tarif elektrik atau tarif pegelang air mungkin lebih murah berbanding dengan dari bandar dan mengalakan digitalisasikan pertanian di dalam kawasan pedalaman supaya mereka boleh menjana pendapatan yang lebih baik berbanding di di bandar. Jadi apakah pendapatan dari kementerian? Kementerian tidak ada pendapatan, tapi kementerian berpendapat bahawa saranan-saranan itu merupakan antara saranan yang cukup bijak bijaksana. Kini terdapat satu tren baru yang berlaku di kalangan third generation dengan izin generasi ketiga masyarakat desa mula memberikan tumpuan kepada pemindahan semula, maknanya re-migration ya, dengan izin ke kawasan desa. Ini terbukti daripada bukan hanya industri yang berasaskan tani, terutamanya dalam keterjaminan makanan, mereka pulang ke desa untuk turut melakukan aktiviti agrobisnes. Namun industri-industri kecil dan sederhana tidak lagi dilakukan penempatannya di kawasan pinggir bandar atau dalam bandar tetapi di kawasan luar bandar atau kampung. Ini artinya tren ini yang bermakna betul ya, adalah satu tren baru dan uh, pihak KKDW uh, amat committed untuk melakukan facilitation program dengan izin bagi uh, tren baru ini. That was Ahmad Zahid Hamidi talking about the trend of remigration, where third-generation family members are choosing to return back to their hometowns. Uh, is this something that you're seeing happening in your circle? Is returning back to your family's hometown an attractive solution to reduce your cost of living? Let us know. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. You can WhatsApp or voice note zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Moving on to whether the government intends to give cash as a one-off payment to rubber tappers who have been severely affected by rainfalls, Datuk Rubiah Wang, Deputy Minister of Rural and Regional Development, said that 800 rubber tappers have been given a one-off payment of 800 ringgit. Kerajaan melalui kementerian ini telah pun meluluskan pemberian wang tunai, iaitu bantuan musim tengkujuh sebanyak uh, 254 juta. 933,600 ringgit kepada seramai 318,642 orang pekebun kecil dan juga penoreh yang terjejas pendapatan semasa musim tengkujuh. Bantuan BMT ini adalah berjumlah RM800 seorang yang telah dibayar secara ansuran sebanyak tiga kali iaitu 300 sebulan untuk bulan November dan Disember dan 200 pada Januari 2024. Then the MP for Besut, Datuk Che Mohamad Zulkifli Juso, did ask if they would consider giving monthly payments similar to the 300 ringgit aid that fishermen have been receiving rather than this 800 ringgit one-off payment. The Deputy Minister said that this wasn't a consideration at the moment, given that funds were need the funds needed for this would be quite significant. Speaking of that, uh, we're heading now to the very timely issue of overcrowding at emergency departments in public hospitals. This was raised by Banda Kuching MP Dr Kelvin Yi, health. 
Minister, Dr Zaliha Mustafa, gave a lengthy response detailing seven initiatives to reduce congestion, which include efforts to reduce waiting times, roll back on inefficient processes and directing non-critical cases to other clinics. So Kelvin followed up by asking how the government plans to tackle the overarching issue of understaffing and underfunding in the public health care system. And the minister was straightforward. She said they don't have the funds to hire more doctors. Uh, sebenarnya memang uh, masalah perjawatan ini menjadi uh, isu hangat dan utama yang uh, yang diperbincangkan ya. Jadi seperti yang saya nyatakan tadi yang berhormat uh, uh, pada awalnya tadi bahawa kita telah adakan uh, dan akan terus juga adakan uh, libat urus ya dengan beberapa uh, apa ni uh, jabatan ya. Sebab bagi saya masalah perjawatan ini bukan hanya terletak atas bahu Kementerian Kesihatan ya tetapi ia juga harus dibincangkan bersama dengan agensi-agensi lain termasuk lah JPA dan juga MOF eh. sebab kalau kita KKM ni kalau boleh kita ambil semua pekerja eh, semua apa ni doktor tetapi kalau perjawatan itu tidak ada dan kita tak dapat duit maka kita tak boleh laksanakannya ya jadi saya minta jugalah ya pertimbangan ini That was Health Minister Dr Zaliha Mustafa saying that there aren't enough funds to hire more doctors And briefly, after the Q&A session ended uh, to make way for debates, Speaker Datuk Johari Abdul gave a reminder to MPs to jaga adab and to uphold the standing orders of the Dewan Rakyat. Pada semalam 14 Februari 2023, saya telah mengandalkan perjumpaan dengan Ketua WIP Kerajaan, Ketua Pemangkang, Pengusi Backbencher dan Ketua WIP Perikatan Nasional mengenai perjalanan dan berapa pembaharuan dalam persidangan Dewan Rakyat. Antara perkara yang telah dipersetujui adalah seperti berikut. Ahli Parlimen memberi komitmen yang tinggi mereka untuk mempertahankan peraturan Majlis Mesyuarat Dewan Rakyat dalam memastikan perkataan yang berbau perkauman, menghina serta amparlimenteri tidak digunakan oleh ahli yang berhormat. Saya berharap semua ahli yang berhormat dapat memberi komitmen ini demi menjamin perjalanan Dewan yang berkualiti dan beradab sopan serta juga menghayati setiap prinsip Kelima rukun negara iaitu kesopanan dan kesusulan. Oleh itu, saya dan timbalan-timbalan di Pertua akan mengambil tindakan tegas berlandaskan peraturan-peraturan Majlis Mesyuarat Dewan Rakyat sekiranya perkataan-perkataan yang dimaksudkan tadi masih disebut selepas ini oleh ahli yang berhormat dalam Dewan Yang Mulia ini. That was Dewan Rakyat Speaker Datuk Johari Abdul reiterating that uh, MPs should be committed to maintain civility and decorum in Parliament. Let us know, are you optimistic about this being followed, about Parliament becoming a wonderful place where people are civil, where they don't shout, where they don't talk over <laughs> one another, or would you miss all the drama? Again, you can call 7733-2900, WhatsApp or voice note 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Now, there were a couple of press conferences today. Science and Technology Minister Chang Lee Kang announced that rare earth materials producer Linus will get their license renewed for another three years, but they won't be allowed to do any cracking or leaching processes which would produce radioactive waste. Kerajaan Perpaduan committed untuk mewujudkan persekitaran mesra perniagaan, business-friendly, dan memahami kepentingan industri rare earth. Walau bagaimanapun, tidak ada mana-mana pihak yang berhak untuk menghasilkan sisa radioaktif 
secara berterusan di tanah air kita. Maka, sementara mendapat lanjutan lesen selama 3 tahun, Linus perlu mematuhi syarat yang telah dikenakan sejak Mac 2020 supaya aktiviti cracking and leaching yang menghasilkan sisa radiatif akan dijalankan di Australia dan tiada aktiviti cracking and leaching dilakukan di Lem Gebeng Pahang selepas bulan Julai 2023. Aktiviti-aktiviti lain yang tidak melibatkan penghasilan sisa radiatif dibenarkan untuk terus beroperasi. Dalam erti kata lain, tiada lagi sisa radiatif tambahan daripada Linus selepas bulan Julai 2023. That was Science and Technology Minister Chang Li Kang saying that Linus will have to stop processes that produce radioactive waste by July of this year. And finally, to wrap up, there was a question on the order paper by Moa MP Said Sadik about whether the government intends to implement and enforce paid internship programs in the private sector. So for context, when Sadik was Minister for Youth and Sports, the ministry did successfully implement paid internship programs across ministries, uh, which included an allowance of five ringgit an hour. So the Q&A session uh, before this question could be asked uh I think ended. So, Youth and Sports Minister Hannah Yeo held a press conference to give her answer. Here she is. Buat masa ini, kerajaan tidak mewajibkan mana-mana syarikat swasta untuk membayar allowance kepada pelajar di dalam program latihan industri. Walau bagaimanapun, kerajaan amat menggalakkan agar syarikat swasta mencontohi kerajaan untuk melaksanakan pembayaran allowance kepada para pelajar yang sedang menjalani latihan industri. Perkara ini juga pernah dinyatakan dalam pembentangan belajawan 2022 yang menggesa sektor swasta agar turut membayar allowance sama seperti sektor awam iaitu RM900 sebulan buat masa ini. Okay. Tetapi kita ambil maklum bahawa uh, banyak syarikat di luar sana sekarang sedang mereka dalam proses pemulihan uh, selepas pandemik COVID-19 oleh itu, kita hanya setakat ini buat saranan saja kepada syarikat swasta yang mampu untuk bayar untuk pastikan mereka buat matchinglah dengan kadar kerajaannya itu RM900 sebulan. That was Youth and Sports Minister Hannah Yeo and this was actually a topic we covered recently when Michelin star restaurant Noma revealed that it's not actually a practice to pay interns in the fine dining industry. We want to know, I mean, if where you work has an internship program. What is it like? Um, how are interns compensated, if at all? Should paid and internships be enforced? That number to call, double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a WhatsApp or voice note, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, and that is it for today's session. Just to recap, we talked about making it easier to hire foreign workers, particularly for the tourism sector, compensating rubber tappers for loss of income during the rainy season, overcrowding at emergency departments. And then um, the stuff that we've been asking you about, Would you move back to your family's hometown as a way to reduce cost of living? Is remigration something that you've thought about? Um, do you think that the Dewan Rakyat stands a chance of becoming a civil and respectful place? And also whether paid internship policies should be implemented in the private sector. Call 7733-2900. Send a voice note to 018-789-8899 or a WhatsApp and tweet us at BFM Radio. Balanced Frank Medium. BFM 89.9 
BFM 89.9, it's 5.26, and that was John Denver with Take Me Home, Country Roads. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. And Popi uh, Popi Parliament was a busy one today, actually, with a lot of interesting discussions, one of which we're probably going to develop into an inside story tomorrow, the subject of remigration. But one thing came in right at the end, um, and it was asked by the former youth and sports minister to the current youth and sports minister, and it concerned paid internships. And that had us wondering, what are internship programs like at your place of work? Are interns compensated? And do you think that paid internships should in fact be enforced in the private sector? Call 7733-2900, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. So we have a couple of messages that have come in on this. Uh, first, Ralph's just saying support allowance for interns, which I think is is clear enough. I mean, personally, if people are doing a job, they do deserve to get at least some sort of remuneration for it. So the argument is always, uh, uh, by the way, I support that too. Um, before I start playing devil's advocate and it becomes my opinion <laughs> inadvertently, um, I, I agree that interns absolutely should get paid. I think that the argument has always been, and when we've talked about this on the show before, the argument that comes in on the other side has always been, yeah, but how do you value, how do you put a numerical value on the experience that they get working with you? And how do you value that? I don't think that that's enough, um, you know, in terms of paying people for literal work. Yeah, I think, look, nobody's saying you have to pay an intern the same as someone who comes in at an, in an entry-level position. Uh, however, I think a fair amount is is completely fair to ask for. Meanwhile, Ron says, our company provides an allowance to interns. We also provide a lunch subsidy. We believe in supporting their contribution to our company as we have found them to be able to contribute and provide fresh ideas. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great way of looking at it, right? That's exactly what I mean by they are contributing something to the company. I like the idea of a lunch subsidy as well. Yes. Uh, so we've talked about this before. I I ended up paying quite a bit to do my internship um, simply because at the end of it all, driving to the place, parking, paying for lunch, all of that, while I can't remember now if I got paid, but if I did get paid, it didn't cover all of that. Uh, so I ended up paying in order to be an intern. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I think that that also then results in some people not being able to gain that experience, right? Because it becomes an inaccessible thing. It's only if you can afford to be an intern that you get to be an intern, which is a whole separate thing. So let us know uh, what are internships like at your place of work if you offer that. And uh, are they paid? Do you think paid internships should be enforced? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note to zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine and tweet us at BFM Radio. Beyond frivolous matters, BFM eighty nine point nine, the business station. And we have a. Uh been extending a conversation today from Popit Popit Parliament in which right at the end uh, of the right at the end of the Q&A session the former youth and sports minister Said Sadiq asked the current youth and sports minister Hanayo uh, basically about the question of paid internships across ministries in the private sectors and so we've been asking you 
about internships and payment, we want to know um, what is the internship program like at your place of work, if it exists? Are interns paid? And in general, do you think paid internships should be enforced? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now, uh, we've got Adi on the line. Adi, good evening. What are your thoughts? Hey, hi. Um... Okay, uh, I just want to share about a friend of mine uh, whose uh, his, his daughter is studying biomedical from one of the local uni. Uh, it, it was difficult for him to, to find a placement for his daughter because uh, there are certain private hospitals that ask uh, interns to pay in order for them to get a place at the hospital. So I, I don't think that is, that is a... a a practice that should be, you know, they, they should not be allowed to, to, to have that kind of practice. Because it depicts the purpose of these students to get uh, uh, exposure uh, from the industry. Uh, yeah. Adi, thanks so much for calling. Um, I agree with you. I think, I agree with you. I actually think that that's quite bonkers. I mean, this notion that exposure is enough for somebody to live on is a little ridiculous, isn't it? Um, you know, a lot of people in our messages are also uh, bringing up the same point that interns, in a lot of cases, are already at a point in life where they need to start thinking about expenses. And um, and even in the very basic sense, if they come out to work, travel expenses, food expenses, and all of these add up. That, like I said, was my experience, that while I did get a small allowance, I think, I really cannot remember now, um, I ended up absolutely paying quite a bit every month um, in parking, in driving, in food every day. So um, CK, for example, says internships, interns are also paying rental, they have to eat. I would highly recommend that the contract should set a range of incentives that they would receive based on their performance and attitude. You perform better or you're more open-minded to learn, you get more incentives. That's one way to do it, I suppose. I would say also that perhaps um, there should still be a baseline level of remuneration and then all of the rest can be built on on top of that. Uh, Tani says, I got paid as an intern in 98 and every organisation which I have worked for has paid internships. That's really good to know. Um, And I really hope that more people do that, really. I think this is the only organisation, BFM, um, that I've been a part of that has interns. So I, this is the only place in which I've had that experience and we, of course, pay our interns. Um, so I haven't actually worked in a place where I would have been working with people that I knew weren't getting paid. I, I wonder also how that affects the social dynamics in the office, whether you will have people who are more sympathetic to interns because you know that they are having to do it out of pocket or whether it further kind of entrenches this very old-fashioned and misguided belief that you interns are less than. Um, because that's part of the payment, isn't it? No, and it's also part of how that the interns themselves um, see their positions within the company. Um, Tinagar says interns should get paid, at least with a basic stipend. In my company, we do pay. Mm. Um, meanwhile, we have Ku, who is giving a... A suggestion for how things can be done. Uh, just give tax incentives to employers for the internship allowance, say double deductions and so on. Mm, that's, I suppose, one way to think about how to make it attractive to the employer. Although, 
A part of me feels like, well, shouldn't this be built into your business model? Yes. So I was going to say that, um, that if you want to take on interns, then maybe you need to consider the cost of taking on said interns and it shouldn't be something that people have to incentivize you to do. There's also the question of the size of the organization, isn't there? Um, because I think smaller yes. organizations are less well-placed very often to take on interns and therefore to pay them. Meanwhile, uh, Alfred says, I work in the private sector. Interns are compensated in my company. Their benefits are mostly similar to permanent employees where it makes sense. They are partnered with a more senior member of the team and contribute to deliveries that the team would be responsible for and know they don't have to make coffee. While it's true that interns are there to learn, there are also many things the team will learn from working with them. Where else would a uh, where else would a senior team member learn to guide and coach someone, for example? Some of our best employees today were former interns. If rightly compensated and done right, it's a win-win for everyone. I'm, You know, that's exactly it. I think interns form a really important pipeline towards getting employees. Um, they're also ambassadors for the companies that they work for. And so there's so many ways in which... Um, the way we think about interns and their function within a company needs to change. You know, can I extend this and ask whether anybody still does the coffee thing because that's a stereotype right it, it's a the very coffee the making copies making copies yeah, um, yeah. you know also making copies has gone kind of out of vogue so so there is that as well um, I don't think the photocopy machine is getting as much of a workout as it used to pre-electronic <laughs> documents but I, I'm very curious I mean if I'd like to kind of further that question, not just about pay, but in terms of what interns do within your organisation. Are they still doing the grunt work or are they allowed to do other things as well? You know, what does that look like if you want to share? Uh, meanwhile, Shamil says, I agree with the caller. Uh, I'm from the same field and some of my course mates had to pay to do internships at hospitals and labs. It doesn't make sense if you ask me. We're paying to provide them our labour. Yeah, this for me is really taking it to the next level, right? Not only are you not paying them, you expect them to pay you for the pleasure of working for you. Um, and Munif is saying, no such thing as being paid with exposure, especially when interns need to be proactive and exert themselves to gain said exposure, while also totally helping the company with tasks that need to be done. It's not like the intern is having a vacation while bosses and staff go out of their way to feed the intern with wisdom and know-how. See, actually, so much of this has to do with a very top-down approach to thinking about interns and what their role is within a company, right? And um, increasingly, conversations about that are changing, and I'm glad they are. I think that there's also a... Um, this, this is something we've spoken about, particularly in the medical field, where for a long time, there was the belief that it's fine to treat the juniors in a perhaps a bit rough or slipshod way um, because that's how you come up. That's how you learn. And I'm not singling out the medical the medical fraternity. I think that this is something that you see in a variety of industries, the belief that uh, tough love, for example, is the only way to come up. And that then results in interns being treated, I think, in settings like that worse than they otherwise would be. Well, Tough love, maybe, maybe, depending on what you're talking about. You can still pay them for it. Uh, yes, yes. But um, my, my only argument there, I think, is that people, uh, if you go with the tough love approach... It's it, all part and parcel of the same mindset. Of exposure is what matters yes. because wisdom is what I'm giving mm. you through abuse. Anyways, um, we're talking today about paying your interns and we want to know um, what... Basically, does your place of work offer internships and are interns paid there? And do you think paid internships should be enforced? 
call us double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine and tweet us at PFM Radio. Stay tuned. PFM eighty nine point nine. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM eighty nine point nine, the Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.